from the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. And here we are, another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Thank you, Jim McCarthy, for the introduction there, jimmccarthyvoiceovers.com. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, presented by Silverback Advertising, silverbackadvertising.com. You know, I was thinking the other day, I'm not really like a huge Bruce Springsteen guy, but I've been to like five Bruce Springsteen concerts, right? Look, I used to work in radio, so we got free tickets to everything. Free tickets and free food are the only reasons to work in radio, in my opinion. And it's kind of fun, right? So I went to see Bruce Springsteen a bunch of times. And I was thinking about this concert I saw a couple um, a couple years ago at uh, Giants Jets Stadium there at the Meadowlands. And Bruce Springsteen is notorious for putting on super long shows, right? And this concert that I saw was three hours and like 32 minutes. At the time, it was the longest Bruce Springsteen show. It was in the Guinness Book. They, there was a news story about how long it was. Super long show. I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I did not move at all during that concert. I sat in my seat or stood up and I stared at the stage. I didn't get pretzels. I didn't go to the bathroom. I didn't go to buy a beer. I didn't go to talk to somebody I knew sitting in the next section over. I stared at the stage for three and a half hours because Bruce Springsteen is an unbelievable live performer, right? Okay, so now let's take that and think about that when we talk about automotive training, sales training, whether it's continued education or uh, beginner training for salespeople. Uh, you know, when, you're, when your manager says, okay, we're, we have training next week and there's a trainer coming and uh, everybody, everybody has to be in the conference room from 10 to 2 on uh, Tuesday morning. And you think, oh gosh, what a nightmare. And you show up and you've got your coffee and you know it's going to be a long day and you have your notebook, but you're you know going to be looking at your phone or whatever. You know it's going to be a bad day, right? So I got a buddy who told me, Matt, I saw a video of this trainer for automotive and he kept the room of salespeople and managers attention for three hours. They didn't text on their phone. They weren't playing Candy Crush. They weren't getting up to go to the bathroom. They were into it. They were focused. They were learning. They were mesmerized. And I said, well, that seems odd because uh, automotive training is not that exciting. We all know you got to get in and you got to learn and the introduction and you go on through the process and it's just, it's necessary, but it's not exciting stuff. And so I have a buddy who said, no, no, there, it is exciting. You just got to have the right guy. So I thought we'd have a cool discussion about training in the automotive space today. And uh, according to my buddy, we got the right guy. So let's bring in Larry Feldman. Larry is the president of Career Changers USA. I had a chance to talk to Larry on the phone a couple days ago. He's got some crazy energy. So everybody uh, buckle in. Hey, Larry, how you doing? How are you, sir? And you definitely have the right guy. I have the right guy. And I did a little research on you. And the reason I used the Bruce Springsteen analogy is because you're the lead singer in a rock band and you're the like real fugitives. Yep. The real fugitives. And you're like super rock and roll fan guy. So I thought that'd be a good introduction for you. And uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. 
Now, My pleasure, sir. Okay, well, let's just start easy. You get in a room at nine o'clock in the morning with a room full of salespeople who are like just not in the mood to be taught. They just want to get out there on the floor and wait for the guy to come in the door so they can try and sell a car. I mean, you're st- it's an uphill battle from the beginning. So, so like, what's your? I don't know. How do you start? What's the what's the overarching philosophy of how to keep the attention and get these these sales guys, these managers? into the right frame of mind to start learning. It's listen, it's the same frame of mind you have with how you sell a car or how you, you involve yourself in any transactional situation. You've got to be able to relate to the people. You've got to get them to like you. You've got to be sincere. You've got to look them in the eye. Um, I personally do not like training. The reason I don't like it is much of the training I've been in Um, I found it to be a little cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. Uh, I found it to be a little unrealistic. Um, Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do it the exact same way. What I try to do is tailor my training to the people in the room. I want them to have fun. And that's only going to happen if I'm having fun, right? I mean, if the trainer's bored, how much, how much fun are you going to have watching a bored guy try to move you? Right. So what I do is I try to take my experience. I've been doing this a long time and tailor it around every possible topic that nobody else would talk about. I try to tie in a little bit of politics, dangerous topic, right? Sure. I try to tie it in a little bit with religion, history, anything you can imagine, anything that people can relate to, because you don't have to offend people if you can connect the dots and realize that, listen, we're all basically the same person. We're way more alike than we are dissimilar. And I find that if I can keep it interesting for me and fun, it's interesting and it's fun for them. Can I, can I give you a quick example? Yeah, of course. Go for it. You go into car training. What, what are you going to get? Maybe if it's factory training, they're going to tell you about the, the new models or the new transmissions or, or something they did. I try to approach it from a non-factory aspect. I'm not really, if you come into my classes because I'm all over the country, you may not come out and be an expert on a specific product. Because as I always tell people and all real car guys know, it's really not the car business. It's the people business. Mm-hmm. I do try to nail down the process, but the process involves doing things consistently right, having a lot of fun and really paying attention to your customer. I'll give you an example. Um, at midway through whatever, whether it's rookies or it's guys that have been doing it 10 years, so I'm trying to jolt. I'll say, listen, you all want to make a lot of money, right? You all want to be successful. It'd be ridiculous not to raise their hands. And I say, well, I'm going to tell you about the guy that's going to help you view your customer so that you'll understand how to treat customers. Who do you think it is? Do you think it's going to be the late Steve Jobs, the developer of the iPhone, or maybe Richard Branson? His latest project is going into space. Elon Musk, maybe. Right. Nope. I tell him about Sly of Sly and the Family Stone. You used the Springsteen analogy. I'll go back farther. All right. Now, for young, I have to explain that this was Prince before Prince. I explained that Sly crossed over black, white. Did- oh, Larry's internet kicked him off. 2021. Picking up right where 2020 did. Oh, here he goes. Here we go. Amy, did you lose me? I lost you, but now you're back. It's all good. Keep there going. Go. Don't yeah. lose your. Boy, that was a quick. Keep that going. was a quick minor interruption. As interruption, you're on. You're on Sly and the Family Stone. Right. So he's got a song called "Everybody Is a Star." Treat your customers like stars. Matt, I just left a class this morning, 
and I sent 10 people out to mystery shop. Now I didn't send them out to say they want a car. I sent them out to say they're looking for a car for their sister that just had a baby. Because astonishingly enough, all over the country, instead of dealership guys saying, oh, that's great, congratulations, boy or girl, is it her first? Is it your first time being in an uncle? They immediately shut off. Well, why isn't she here? What's her credit like? What's your credit like? I can't drive the car unless she's here. Now, of course, this presumes that you're not buying the car for her, or it's not a surprise, or it's not a gift. Right. Complete right. and total insanity. Nobody got treated like a star. Some of them got shut down completely. Some of them rudely got, tell her to come back. So if I can get them to understand to treat people like stars, they will get a better result. They'll feel better about themselves. Their customer will feel better about themselves. Now, once I get them to understand that, I ask who has a dog. A dog's a pretty popular pet in this country, and about a third of them usually raise their hands and say, I do. I said, all right, great. I'm not getting weird on you, Matt, but I explained that when you rub your dog's belly, their leg twitches. I said, that's the exact reaction you get out of a manager at a car dealership when you tell them you have a deal. Never tell your manager you don't have a deal. For instance, you and I go up to the manager. We're working at a dealership side by side on a Saturday, and it's busy. And the manager says, what do you guys have? And you say, well, I think my guy's ready to buy a car, boss. He's got his title. Man, he's ready to go. And they say to me, Larry, what do you have? Well, my guy's just looking around. Bill might say to me, okay, we're going to work with Matt. Larry, shake the guy's hand, tell him to come back. You know, we welcome him. Right. Well, the problem is if I told manager, boss, with your help, I might have something. All right, well, you know what, Matt, I'll get somebody to help you. Let me go help Larry. It'd make more deals. Yeah. We've got to not only sell the customer, we got to sell the manager. Yeah. So I'm pretty confident most trainers are not talking about making your manager's leg twitch like a dog or sly of sly in the family stone. Yeah, definitely. I will go in whatever direction my class goes. I find out I had a guy today that was a police officer, talked about the police and how you how you relate to customers and how you relate to the public. Um, I had somebody that was a baker overnight. Whatever it is, I try to find a way to relate because I want them to relate. Yeah. I'm much more complicated than that. Listen, you, you said Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen has amazing songs. And like a lot of Bruce Springsteen fans, because I am one, um, although my favorite band is the Rolling Stones, even though I know the Beatles are better. Um, when I go to see the Rolling Stones, and if they have a new album out, they don't put too many albums out these days that are new. Um, like everybody else, I tune in a little bit to the new songs, but what I really want to hear are the old songs. I want to hear Jumpin' Jack Flash and Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. You may be the biggest Springsteen fan on earth, but I bet you're still more excited to hear Born to Run or Thunder Road or Rosalita than you are to hear girls in their summer dresses. Right. So Springsteen and the Rolling Stones tend to give people what they want. They'll mix it up a little bit, but they're going to make sure that people get what they want. Now, a classic case of somebody not doing that, who is a genius in his own right beyond human comprehension, is Bob Dylan. When you go to see Bob, you better really love Bob because Bob sings a song and eight minutes into it, you still can't tell what song it is because <laughs> he so drastically alters the content of the song and the melody. Yeah. Um, Bob is beyond everybody. Bob really understands the concept of a rock and roll star is to completely confuse his audience and push their limits. Yeah. I'm more like Bruce and, and the Rolling Stones. I like to give you what you want. And what you want is a connection. But once I get past that, like Bob, I want to push your buttons. I'll give you, for instance, 
One of the things that happens at all car dealerships is you walk up to a guy on a Saturday and before you can open your mouth, he says, don't even start with your sales pitch. I only have 10 minutes. I got to go watch my son or daughter play ball. And what most salespeople say is stupid stuff like I can do it in 10 minutes. I don't think so. Or why don't you come back? So I had one kid, really bright kid. And I said, what would you say to him? And he said, I don't know. And I said, you do know because I've been beating him up for an hour to listen better. And he looked at me and he said, um, I'd ask him, what position is he? Yeah. There you go. It's all about relating. So what happens is I try to relate to the people I have. I try to beat them up a little bit like a drill sergeant. I try to have fun with them. And once they see that I have their back, but I'm going to push them there. Listen, it's a sin against God not to fulfill your potential. Yeah. When I tell people they need support, I'm telling them they need people to push them. You, you know, I think for people, it seems like a small skill, but listening is not. Uh, you know, I, I, excuse, excuse me. Did you just say it sounds like a small skill? You have that. You're looking through the wrong end of the telescope, my brother. <laughs> it is the most important yeah, skill. Exactly. Because if you don't listen and you open up your big yap and you start talking and it counteracts what they're thinking. If, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm sorry to counteract your point. I'll shut up in a second, although it's hard for me to tell. <laughs> I have seen my whole career salesmen get told by a customer. Yeah, I got two kids, but he's not listening. And right. 25 minutes later, he says, got any kids? Yes, yeah, stupid. I had the same two I had 45 minutes ago. I didn't put them on eBay. Yeah. Still my kids. Listening is everything. You and me are on the exact same page. So, you know, I was listening. Yeah. It's hard. Like I, I remember, you know, being in the showroom, uh, you know, working at, at the dealership as the marketing director, walking through the showroom and the owner was in the showroom talking to a customer and he is looking at the customer and not moving his head at all, looking at the other, you know, people are coming and going. It's a busy showroom. People are getting keys, lock guys, marketing guy walking through the balloon guy, you know, and he is laser focused eye contact on the customer that he was talking to. And I thought about that and that's hard to do. It's hard to block out what else is going on around you and focus and pay attention and listen to the person that is talking to you and giving them the respect of your time. That is a tough thing to master and to do. And it's of the utmost importance, as you just explained. Well, the good news is you can actually work on your ears the way you work on your muscles at a gym. Okay. What you do is you said the key word, you focus. If you all want to be better listeners, and I certainly am always trying to be a better listener, try this the next time you're talking to anybody, your friend, your girlfriend, a customer, anybody, Whatever they say, just try to lock something in. One phrase, someplace they said they were going, something they were doing. Repeat it to yourself two or three times. You're going to find that your focus narrows and gets sharper. But you're 100% right. Being able to focus on people, listen, it was always important. It's more important now than ever because we're so unfocused as a species. Yeah. There's so much going on with our phone, with this, with that, with the distractions. Um, your buddy called me, the guy that did, cause he yeah. told me he was pretty amazed himself that I could keep people's attention. I want to keep people's attention. Yeah. When I get up in the morning, I say, how much fun can I have? How much better can I make people? How much better can I make myself? So when I come into these classes, my whole goal is to engage. And, and Matt, we are really bad anymore as a society as engaging. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. You're a sharp guy. You got your own podcast. Pretty impressive. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Does everybody you know have a cell phone? I bet you don't know anyone without a cell phone, right? Correct. I don't know anybody. 
Okay, we'll try calling everybody you know. Nobody answers their damn phone. Does right. it make any sense that everybody you know has a much better form of communication than was dreamed of? Hey, 30, 40 years ago, if you had a guy with a cell phone, he was rich. It was about $3,000, and it was as big as a briefcase that he had to carry around with. Yeah. Look at the convenience and the communication available to us. Yeah, unmatched. Anybody. Just like we can disseminate information better and easier than we ever could have dreamed of, and yet we're dumber than we ever were. And if you don't believe me, go to 7-Eleven and stand in front of the door that says push and watch how many people pull. <laughs> That's fun to do. Well, maybe later. I noticed yeah. you had a gleam in your eye when you said the balloon guy. We'll make some balloon puppets. We'll stand in front of 7-Eleven. We'll see how many people we'll see push what's up. You know, talking about listening, what about names? How hard is it or how important is it, I guess? Remembering names has always been trouble for me, right? I would, you know, you meet, you meet someone new, you talk to them for five, 10 minutes, and then, you know, you're on to the next thing. And then two weeks later, they're back in the showroom and you're like, oh man, what's this guy's name again? How important is it or how and how how does it make that other person feel when they come back and you remember their name? Well, OK, here's a, here's a couple things. If you don't mind, let me give you a, a, a multiple answer to that. question. Yes, go, go, go. Um, I have many, many faults and foibles like all human beings. Yeah. One of the things that I was blessed with, uh, kind of a family trait for Feldman's, I have a hell of a memory for names. Um, they used to call me when I worked at the dealership. And say, Larry, who was the plumber from two years ago? I give them their name and sometimes I give them their phone number. Jeez. However, instead of being cocky about it, I actually go in the other direction. I am a, a proponent and a fan. And to this day, use three by five cards. Wow. Now, let me, let me tell you why. There's a whole bunch of things involved in here. First of all, my habit when I would greet people would be to say, welcome to, here's my, here's the name of the dealership. Here's who I am. Can I ask your name? I figured by giving them my card, I was asking permission. And a lot of them would, you always run into some people. No, I'm, but generally speaking, they would give me their name. Even though I was good with names, I would pull out my three by five card and say, I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names because most people are. So they, they buy immediately, it. they felt a connection. Yep. Could I write yours down? I'm terrible with names and I don't want to forget yours. Now, the cool part was if they were with their three kids, I would ask each of them their name, which made them felt important and involved. And I could make notes on the three by five. Maybe Joey was the one with the red hat because you hit on it beautifully. The only thing worse than forgetting somebody's name is calling them the wrong name. Ugh. The other thing is, um, I'm going to show my age here. That's okay. Yeah. I believe in a new th invention they have. It's called a pen, P-E-N. And for some reason, everybody younger than me thinks it's okay to type everything into your phone and your computer. It's scary how bad their memories are. Yeah. Because, yeah, I get all day long, I get people that say, Larry, you didn't get back to me on the contract. Well, it's because they emailed me and I get a thousand emails a day. Right. I've, I've got training and recruiting going on all over the country simultaneously. And while I get to everything, sometimes it takes me a while to find the urgent ones. Mm -hmm. When you write things down, it's easier to remember. It makes it more concrete. And I make copies of the pieces of paper and then take pictures of my iPhone. But I've seen with computer programs, they get corrupted. You get overwhelmed with emails. So by writing it down, it made it more real. It allowed me to make sure I had it right. Um, and I, in essence, I think the more you call somebody, 
by name. And the more they call you by name, remember, you've given them your card at the same time. So if they forget your name, they can look on the card. You can look on your three by five card. It tends to burn it in. Because if I call you Matt once and I don't see you for nine years, I might forget. But if I call you Matt about 92 times and you call me Larry 91, it's just going to be more likely that we remember their names. Yeah. So it's not, it's really not, nothing I teach is complicated. I just try to teach it in a fun way and make it a little more interesting and throw in a lot more energy. And it seems to work. I like the setup there in that you're saying, I'm, let me get your name or, you know, can I guess your name? I'm terrible with names. I'm going to write it down. And then when you do remember it, it's that much more impressive. Well, he did say he was terrible with names. He remembered my name. That makes you feel special on the inside. Can I go one degree farther? Sure can. I had a guy come up to me once and say, you know, you're really cheap. I said, beg your pardon? Because I'm a relatively generous guy. He said, everybody in this place is laughing at you. Now, considering I was the top sales guy, I was kind of wondering why they were laughing. Right. He said, you're walking around with three by five cards. Why don't you buy a Blackberry or a little, I mean, you look dumb. And I said, you want to know the real reason? He says, yeah. He says, it's because I'm cheap. I was not about to tell him that psychologically, you do look a little silly when you're writing on a three by five card, but I always wanted my customer to think he was smarter than me. I think psychologically, that's a good place to be when you're in retail. Yep. Yep. No, that's a good point. Okay. So the book, which I read last night is called Inner Moron Demons, How to Avoid Them and Live Your Best Life. And I'm going to mention something because you kind of touched on it earlier uh, in our chat here was, you know, bringing in you know, whatever you can to relate or real world things into your teaching. Obviously there's a lot in the book about classic rock, but one of the things that I found was interesting was the history that was that, you know, that you put into the book, because I don't know that there's any training, you know, um, uh, you know, program or, or syllabus or company out there that, you know, finds a way to, to, uh, to put, you know, some kind of relating it to history in their, in their training. What, you know, as you're, as you're writing the book or as you're, teaching, how do you like decide or, you know, oh, okay, I'm going to relate this to, you know, this happening in Europe 150 years ago. Like what, like, how does your brain work to get there? Sure. Uh, I love history. I love history. I love music. I love philosophy. Um, By the way, I have a, a big slide. I spend about 20 minutes in every class talking about different kinds of philosophy and what their personal philosophies are and how that can push them forward in life and open their head up to different things. I'll give you a, a for instance. Sure. Um, one of the slides that I love to use is Mohini. Now, it, it, it's interesting. Um, I heard about Mohini in synagogue, being Jewish, um, and the guy was talking uh, about Mohini, and I said, man, this is a cool idea. I'm going to borrow it or steal it or procure it, however you want to use it. <laughs> right. And I've been using it ever since. Uh, and I'll explain it to you how I explain it to them. Okay. I show a slide of Mohini, and I explain that Mohini was a female tiger that was gifted to Dwight Eisenhower for the historically challenged on your podcast. That was the president after my favorite president, Harry Truman, and before John F. Kennedy. Okay. A great war hero, moderate Republican president, good man. And, of course, I explained he didn't have tigers roaming around the front lawn of the White House, the way Kanye West has tigers roaming around one of his states. I always like to add at that point, how great would it be if one of Kanye's tigers got loose and ate a couple of Kardashians? <laughs> I think I'd actually buy that DVD to get the bonus features. So 
Uh, Eisenhower being a bit more restrained when it came to uh, dealing with animals, he put uh, this tiger in the Washington National Zoo. Now, back then, you had ABC, CBS, NBC, public television, and maybe VHF channels to watch a ball game. So a tiger was big news. It'd be kind of like the equivalent of a panda showing up. You just don't see that many of them. People lined up around the block in Washington, D.C. to see this tiger. But somebody wrote an editorial and complained and said, why would you put a magnificent beast in a 12 by 12 foot cage? So they built Mohini, this gorgeous, gorgeous area, huge. But Mohini was so used to her 12 by 12 foot space that she paced out a 12 by 12 foot area within this vast space they built her. And what I explain is we need to break our condition boundaries if we're going to be successful. Matt, think how many people you know, friends of yours, that have sworn to you five years ago they're going to quit smoking or going to go to the gym and lose 20 pounds. And they haven't taken one step in that direction. No nigarette gum. They didn't join LA Fitness. Right. It's really, really simple. You have to stop saying in life why you can't and start saying, why can't I? You may know this. Do you know what penicillin was derived from? I do not. Moldy bread. How'd you like to be selling that patent? <laughs> Change the world. Um, we talked about the Beatles and, uh, and the Rolling Stones and Springsteen. Springsteen's great. The Rolling Stones, man, when they went in that golden period, 68 to 72, nobody could touch them. But nobody changed the world musically like the Beatles, like Mozart and Beethoven in the same band. Remember, their third best songwriter was George Harrison, who wrote, Here Comes the Sun Something and While My Guitar Gently Weeps, not to mention all the stuff on All Things Must Pass. They told the Beatles, go back to Liverpool. Four-piece bands are not happening. They told Elvis Presley to go back to driving a truck. Now, this is a white guy that sounds like a black man in a country that's rapidly desegregating. Mm -hmm. How about Michael Jordan famously, or maybe apocryphally, who knows, got cut from his high school team. All I'm telling you is people will always tell you you can't. Your job is to look in the mirror and realize, why can't I? Everything's impossible right up until the minute it happened. Or do you have, I'm not getting personal, but I am. Do you have a girlfriend or a wife or maybe a wife and a girlfriend? And how you <laughs> raise Just a wife. Okay, just a wife. Yeah. It's okay. Hey, it's early. <laughs> do you love her? Do you have a great relationship? Of with course. Her? Yes. Don't say of course. Hey, half the marriages end yes. in divorce. Okay. <laughs> Listen, one minute before you met her, you didn't know her. Yep. Relationship didn't exist. So everything has to have a starting point somewhere. And when we start looking at things as, yeah, why not? I can do it. Amazing things can happen once we break our condition boundaries. Once, unlike Mahini, we don't restrict ourselves to this or to that. Make sense? By the way, you're getting a good feel for how I teach my class. I like it. Well, I'm glad it'd be a pretty screwed up podcast if you said, man, this sucks. You're horrible. <laughs> okay. So what is the, you know. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a oh, minute. Yeah. You jump right past the book. And I'd like to sell a whole bunch of books to people who desperately need it. If you're watching this podcast, go out and buy Inner Moron Demons. It's available on Amazon. We're about to put the audio book out. Um, I have a friend named Alan Tolls. I met him about a bazillion years ago. Um, he's a radio guy. Uh very bright guy, terrific musician. And when I started to realize that I was not going to waste my pandemic downtime, I was going to write a book. I called Alan. I've been my best friend for about a, I said, a zillion years. Mm. And Alan was helping me. I was bouncing my ideas around. It was a pretty uh, 
pretty focused guy. We had, we had a very nice young lady who I've also known forever named Roseanne Erksleben. She helped. So we're rolling along. I got a million great ideas. They're helping me keep off the deep end with my horrible ADD and start writing a chapter on accountability. And Alan says to me, are you going to talk about how disgusting it is when people say, that's not my problem? And I said, Alan, anybody that says routinely, that's not my problem, they're not even trying to try. They have to be inhabited by inner moron demons. Well, when we stopped laughing, I said, that's it. We're changing the title. The book's going to be called Inner Moron Demons, How to Avoid Them and How to Live Your Best Life. Um, if you, I mean, if you think about it. Yeah. We're going to be dead one day. While we're alive, why wouldn't we want to turn up the volume? Why wouldn't we want to be productive? See, with, with car sales, I always explain in class a couple of things right off the bat. First of all, you have to understand Socrates. Socrates said famously, an unexamined life is one not worth living. Okay, you have to get in there every day and realize, i got to look in the mirror. All the people that, that I sent out to Mystery Shop, one experience was worse than the other. And I explained to them, it wasn't so bad that they didn't ask you about your sister or they, they blew you off. It's that tomorrow they'll do the same behavior. They'll never look in the mirror and realize the Einstein quote, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. The second thing I let people know is I'm not a Boy Scout, okay? I'm not giving a religious sermon or some rich, strict Marine. This is how we're going to do a protocol. I'm just telling you that I'm crazy and I like to have fun. But if you're going to be anywhere for eight hours, why wouldn't you want it to be productive? Right. Why would you want to fill the time up and go home with a bunch of money in your pocket? So I'm really a big believer that we're going to be dead one day. And while we're alive, we have to absolutely grasp life and go for it. I mean, we are going to be dead one day. You're spot on with that one. You don't have to, you be- want to write that down in yep. case you forget later, because yep. I know you do have a pen. You show me. <laughs> I do have a pen. Union Savings Bank. Best pens in Connecticut. Thank you, guys. Um, okay. Is that a plug for Union, Connecticut? We're trying to sell my damn book. Let one plug at a time. Oh, sorry. Let's plug your book. Do you prefer the Kindle download or if they do the, the uh, paper version? Um, I prefer they do whatever is comfortable with them. If you're going to read it, buy the book. If you like listening in the car or playing, get the audio book. If you really want to enhance your life, buy every version of the book. Yeah, I appreciate it. When I see you, I'll shake your hand. And this way you'll be extremely well-versed on inner moron demons, how to avoid them and live your best life. Well, that was, but now you can go back to plugging your bank. Despite reading the book, I will also get the audio version because I like listening and uh, it's too. good to do in the car. So when that comes out, uh, so are you, did you, are you the reader or did you, or did you like hire voice talent? To be I deferred, I deferred. You know what? That's an interesting story too. Um, I get done the book and I said to Alan, Alan, you, me, and Roseanne have written a tremendous book. Um, Humility is not my strong suit. But I, <laughs> I read it. I read the damn thing and I said, you know what? I love to read. I'm a, I'm a degenerate reader. I'm always reading, listening. I said, Alan, I really find this book interesting. And I'm a tough guy to get to read something because I'm very demanding. I said, we need an audio book. And he said, I have the perfect guy. His name is Jordan Rich. He's a radio personality. He's got an amazing radio voice Mm -hmm. and he's perfect. And I said, eh, wrong answer. He's not reading the book. He says, why? Said, you're reading the book. He says, I I do not have as good a radio voice as Jordan Rich. I said, well, first of all, you're underestimating yourself. And second of all, you'll do a better job than Jordan. And let me tell you why. 
Jordan Rich, I've, I've heard his podcast. He's terrific, and I got a chance to meet him. What a great guy. He doesn't know me. You've known me for years and decades. You're going to relate to this book better. Once again, we're back to making connection and relating. Yep. Alan read it. He didn't do a good job. He did an unbelievable job. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about cadence a little bit. About uh, what? Cadence. C A D E. I don't know how to spell it. It's C A D E N C A. Yeah, there you go. So, what cadence? How how often? How frequent? Starting when do dealers need to be training their salespeople and managers? Well, the best Olympic athletes in the world. The best athletes are probably Olympians. I mean, if if, right. if it's a hundredth of a second, they lose. They don't get a silver, a gold, or a bronze. They get nothing. They train all the time. Um, I'm I'm a Philadelphia guy. I live and die with my Philadelphia sports teams, and we have constantly had to suffer with the image of Allen Iverson going, man, it's practice. It's only practice. Um, the dealers that that swear by me, and that's everybody that I run into, again, no no humility, um, they understand that they want to bring me in on a regular basis, not every day. Like, mm-hmm. listen, that's why they fire great baseball managers because after a while people tune you out. But the key is to get people in, I, I would guess, at least once a quarter. And then the key there is to get their managers involved. Yes. Because I've seen myself, you go to training and the managers aren't involved. And when you come back, the managers aren't connected with the salespeople and they fall back on their old habits which means you fall back on yours. So um, I would train on a frequent basis and I would get managers involved so they can continue and move on with that. You know, listen, if you and me and another guy are rowing in a boat and two of us are rowing in one direction and one of us is rowing in the other, we're going in a big damn circle. And it doesn't matter how hard the three of us are rowing, we're not rowing in the same direction. Right. You know, I think that's good advice because what happens a lot, I believe anyway, is that, you know, you hire somebody and you do, uh, you know, you get them trained up, you do the process, you do all the training, to, you know, sit with the BDC manager, they sit with the trainer, they sit with the sales manager, and then they let them go and do their thing. And then a, uh, the, an owner or GM says, well, I'm not going to pay to have a trainer come in. I'll just do some, you know, sales training in the half hour of every weekday on a sales meeting, you know, every once a week or whatever. And they don't look at the long-term education or long-term training and the Olympic analogy makes perfect sense. They don't look at the, you got to keep sharpening your skills in order to be the best. The great Zig Ziglar said, training is like bathing. I suggest it daily because it doesn't last. (laughs) Yeah. Why, why would you not want to constantly sharpen your skills and keep moving forward? Um, the, The great Vladimir Horowitz, maybe the world's greatest classical pianist in his day, maybe the greatest ever, said, when I don't practice for a day, I notice. When I don't practice for two days, the whole world notices. Yep. Notice we got Horowitz and Springsteen in on the same conversation. Doing pretty good. That's pretty good. You want to talk classic rock for a sec before we wrap it up? Why not? We could, we could do a couple. We, there's a million things we could talk about. We could do a couple of these. So let's do a little bit classic rock chit chat right now before we wrap it up. And I know that you're a big stones guy. I, uh, you know, I, you mentioned that in uh, early on in your book and, and, but I want to talk about your band, the, the fugitives, the real fugitives, the real fugitives. I did check out YouTube real quick after we talked the other day and it, it, you know, it is like, this is not like wimpy rock. This is like real, like, can I ask you a question rock. in the last two days, you've read my book 
and you've l- watched all my YouTubes. Are we dating are you now? Like ever having sex or like going to dinner or something like that? I think you and I are dating. I don't know how that's very spend. restricted life. Don't you have cable TV in Connecticut? I'm sorry. Okay, so um, my band plays rock and roll. I write the songs for the band, although recently my drummer and my guitar player actually uh, – got together and came up with an original song, which is pretty damn cool. Awesome. Um, but I write the songs for the band. I'm the lead singer. I'm the rhythm guitar player. Uh, we play rock and roll. Uh, I won't say it's all rock and roll. We don't always sound like ACDC. We, we have a lot of ballads. Um, we've got a lot of CDs out uh, that if you like rock and roll, you should check out uh, titles like uh, No Excuses, Running Out of Sundays. We're working on a brand new one as we speak. How do you have- and, and by the way, let me give you a tip. Yeah. Since you said classic rock. Um, towards the end of the Beatles reign of supremacy and all the other great bands that were floating around there, who were in their prime and Led Zeppelin were cooking, um, the Rolling Stones lost a guitar player who, unfortunately, uh, they, they kind of jointly released him from the band and then he drowned Brian Jones. They, they got an incredible guitar player from John Mayo's band. If you're classic rock fans, you know that almost all the great British guitar players either came out of John Mayall's band or out of the Yardbirds. And out of John Mayall's band, you, you had two of the greatest blues guitar players that will ever play in England, Eric Clapton and a, a guy named Peter Green who passed away recently. Incredible player. So the original Fleetwood Mac guy, the guy that wrote Oh Well. They then grabbed the young guy named Mick Taylor and they toured America. And they put out what I still hold to this day to be the greatest live rock and roll record ever made. Get your yayas out. So if anybody's listening to this and you love rock and roll, check out Get Your Yayas Out. It's not nearly well known as much as it should be. Man, it's a, it's an incredible compliment to Sticky Fingers and Beggar's Banquet and, and Exile Main Street. So there's your uh, there's your classic rock tip, my buddy. I like that. I like a classic rock tip. I'm trying to get my kids into classic rock. You know, four and six is not a huge. Uh, you know, classic rock age, but I, you know, I grew up around our classic rock radio station. And so, you know, it was all we listened to uh, in my younger years. And then when I worked at the classic rock station, it's all we played uh, all the time for many, many years. And so, you know, my kids watch the trolls movie and there's a trolls um, movie, a world tour, and it's all about the rock trolls and it's cover versions of all these classic rock songs. So like my four-year-old, wants to hear Barracuda. And I was thinking, how cool is it that a four-year-old is requesting Barracuda? Did you, do you remember hearing Ann Wilson sing Stairway to Heaven when, they, when Led Zeppelin won the, uh, the presidential medal a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah, it was on, yeah, it's on YouTube. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was astonishing. Um, if you want a tip for your kids, I go to the Beatles. Because oh, yeah. they seem very kid-friendly. The, the, the stuff's so melodic and so perfect. My kids, you know, were, whether it's the early records, so you might find your, your, your six-year-old humming Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. How cool would that be? Yeah, they request the Beatles channel. It's uh, 18, Channel 18 on Sirius XM. They ask to put like, on the Beatles channel. I like your kids already. Which is fantastic. Yeah, they're all right. But school, with school at home all the time now, they're all right. When they go to school, all, when they go to school, then they're awesome because you get a little bit of a break. You know what I'm saying? But that's 2020. I, I understand complete that's the way it is just, just, just keep an eye on them because i'm not sure what they're teaching these days in school i mean when i when i mention things like mark twain and some of the historical things people look at me like i got three heads i don't think so they're, keep an eye on them. i don't know if they're teaching mark twain in first grade though but eight plus no. eight plus eight is a hot topic 
Uh, eight plus eight, I believe, is 16. But with right. some of the new math, you can never tell. So everybody, the book is called Inner Moron Demons, How to Avoid Them and Live Your Best Life. It's a quick read. It's a good read. And who's calling me during a podcast? How dare How dare they? See, I was distracted by my phone. That's unprofessional, Larry. I'll let you get away with it. You got a four and a six-year-old that like the Beatles. Listen, um, if there's anybody watching this that is a dealer or is a general manager or a general sales manager, if you want your folks to sell more cars, I will help them sell more cars. Can I give Can I give any dealer, any GM or G, any GSM a quick tip? Yeah, go for it. Clearly, you should all know by now, and you probably do, that the key to being successful in the car business is prospecting and follow-up. That's the key. That's where the real sales are. The real money is really building a portfolio and a career. Um, boy, I have incredible programs on how to, on how to prospect. But let me give everybody a simple tip. Sure. Once we get past this horrible pandemic and get past wearing masks and people can actually see a smile again, what would be wrong with telling people to walk up to have their salespeople walk up to customers non-threateningly with a big smile and say, excuse me, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I had to tell you your car is beautiful. Well, well thank you. Hey, if you ever decide to sell it or trade it, please call me. I work at so-and-so dealership. We can't find cars this nice. Might be an extra deal or two a month. Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that at all. I we could. I'd like to maybe uh, do another episode together about um, uh, follow up because that's a whole separate thing and a huge missed opportunity. I think for a lot of people in our industry. Absolutely. Um, uh, I am ready when you are, sir. Larry Feldman. I appreciate your time and thank you for joining me on the podcast. I uh, I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great day and good selling, everybody. I like it. Check him out. Larry Feldman, the author and president of Career Changers USA. The book is called Inner Moron Demons, How to Avoid Them and Live Your Best Life. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson. Find us online, you know, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, all those places. Thanks for listening. Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by... Wait, this guy has sponsors? Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.